0: Comics, movies, music, video games,
1: technology,
2: Blu-ray, television. This
1: is the HHW LOD Podcast Network.
0: Welcome to The Really Big Show. We're in our usual yeah. motley assortment of malcontents, curmudgeons, and pundits from the HHW LOD Network. Talk pop culture, movies, TV, video games, and ever so much more. It's the Really Big Show, or as we refer to it, Really B.S. And now, let's start the show. Hey
3: everybody, it's our Really B.S. show for August. It's been a little while, but we have a full house tonight. It's This is Russ, and with me tonight are John, Jordan, Jim, and Rich. Welcome back, guys.
4: Summer's over, bitches. Yeah. I feel like
1: a fourth re- wheel with all those J's.
3: <laughs> so, we got a lot to talk about. It seems like the biggest, we all kind of shared notes and stuff prior to, and it seems like TV is like the big category, which is hilarious because if this was like seven, eight, ten years ago, we would have no TV to talk about. But it is 2014. Also, podcasting wouldn't be a thing. <laughs> Jordan, you and your technical <laughs> nonsense. We'd have Buffy. Stop.
1: We'd have Angel. We'd have Firefly. Don't tell me we... Not in Not the summer. The summer, though. Reruns.
0: These millennials are so literal. You know what I mean? take t- everything so literally. Yes.
1: And who needs an excuse to talk about Firefly?
4: I mean...
3: That's true. I've
4: that never true. seen it. What? Never Stop seen Firefly the or um, Serenity. Serenity. Have them. But all. you have them Never on your. Sh-
3: I would. I would bet a hundred dollars. You have them on a shelf in your house somewhere.
4: Absolutely, they've gone on sale for like ten bucks mm-hmm. or whatever, <laughs> and I get them, and you know the plastic's still on them, and uh, I'll get there one day.
1: Somebody needs to sit him down and like tape his eyes open for fourteen hours. And I, did, I John,
2: did that with Christina The Wire. <laughs> Christina Hendricks. Christina Hendricks.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's on my list. I'm <laughs> <keep> getting derailed. <laughs> the Wire totally derailed me. And yeah. I watched Orange is the New Black in like three and a half days. But right. we'll get to that.
1: I've never watched The
4: Wire.
3: Mm. Now who needs to get kicked Ooh. off the podcast?
4: <laughs> mm. And just because... Uh, There is a Wire reference in Orange is the New Black (laughs) when she's like, they they were looking at Piper after her supposed fight with uh, Pencil Tucky, and they're like, oh, we thought you were going to come back here looking like Omar from The Wire.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So do the rest of you guys uh, binge watch the second season of Orange is the New Black already like I did?
3: Yeah. Uh, I I wouldn't say binge watch, but I did watch it somewhat quickly. I watched it all within 24 hours of it being Me released.
2: Too. I Both seasons, actually, <laughs> the days they came out.
4: I had like a two-day period where I wasn't done with my vacation, and my wife and kids were away. So I had like a two-day bachelor period with no family or job, and uh, I watched it in about 48 hours, yeah. And I was like sad when it was over. I was like, "What am I going to do now?"
0: Wow, I thought I was bad. I spaced it out over three or four days.
3: Watch Firefly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's when he started the Wire. It is. I uh, I really I like the second <laughs> season
0: better than the first. Um, really like I like um I like every I like all the characters a lot better than Piper. Like everyone is more interesting than she is. I agree. You know, like from, yeah.
4: I like I mean,
1: my... She's okay,
0: but I mean, I'm interested in more in all the other characters than her, even though she's supposed to be the central character. I mean, that's the way I'm...
1: Well, and it it's funny is um, the job I have takes me inside prisons. In my main office, I work inside a women's prison. And it's, you know, none of them, of course, have seen it because they don't have Netflix in prison. But <laughs> yeah, they've all read... Yet. Yeah, they've all yeah. read that woman's book that it's based on. And they just, they say it's, that she is not respected by, by female prisoners, uh, because of, I, I, I don't know why, but something about the book takes them off. So, I don't know why, though, because I think the show is great. I've never read the book.
3: I, uh. It's one of those shows, like, if it went away and didn't come back, and we'll, uh, we'll talk about another one like that later, but if it went away and didn't come back, I wouldn't really miss it. I'd be like, meh, okay, whatever. Um, it's a show that I think the way it ramps up to the end is much better than the beginning. So I had a hard time getting into the first season, but I thought it ended really, really well. And the same thing with season two. The Season two wasn't quite so bad. I, I, was, I was into it just because I saw the, the, the first season. Um, but I thought it ended stronger than it started, which is, I guess it's a good thing because a lot of shows do the opposite. You know, they start strong and they kind of wither out. Uh, but I, I, like, you know, kind of the note that this season left on it. It, uh, it was good. I, I find, uh, we talked about a little bit about this before, before the show, but I find the, the, the little, the group of, of black women on the show way more compelling as characters than any of the others. And I, I, We've got more of their backstory this season. I think there was a lot of focus on them because of V this season, and I—I I don't know. I just i, I if, if all the rest of them went aw- all the other characters went away and it just focused on them, I—I I think it would just be just as fine of a show. I just—I don't know. There's just something about their their interaction with each other and and just their different personalities and 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 stuff that just resonates with me a lot better than anybody else, to be honest with you.
1: Tasty is my second favorite character on the on the whole show she is just yeah hilarious
4: it's funny um see like i think the latino girls are freaking hilarious mm. <laughs> like there, there's so many good characters that if we went around the room which i guess we kind of are we'd all probably have different favorites and, and different moments and stuff like that
0: that um i think my favorite moment was right in the in the finale with miss rosa in the van where they where the one yeah, yeah. cut to her and then they cut to her as like a young, you know, younger version of her, like out in the van, like speeding, right. and then she sees V and like runs her over and is like, she was always so rude. <laughs> 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 that I just that had me Spoiling. on the floor, man. When I saw it, I just, I know, my jaw dropped. It's just a just great, great scene.
4: And we can't really. Finish or, or have a discussion about this show without uh the mustache porn stash as <laughs> as I guess he's known.
2: I I it pretty much goes full cartoon
4: character. Yeah. See for show. me
3: like I every time he's on screen I just it makes me want to throw something at the TV like I cannot t- he's just way too over the top way too cartoony way too ridiculous for me I don't know why I just like he is my least favorite character on the entire show.
2: It's well it's because they they do such a a lot of work to make all the characters as human as possible, except him. He is just a cartoon. Like, everybody else, even the villains, have human moments, have human things about them, and in season two, he is just there as a punchline. They they
4: basically dropped eastbound and down into Orange is the New Black with that character. Yeah, I mean... yeah. um,
1: I I, kind of have to disagree a little bit, because I have met a couple of correctional officers that fit his bill (laughs) uh you know i don't
2: well i'm not saying there's no one in the real world like him i'm just saying he doesn't come across as human the the
1: oklahoma correctional officers i think the porn stash is like you know standard issue it's just it's it's (laughs) sad it really is but my i i like uh uh pensatucky um one the character is just hilarious all the different transitions that she's had, but 2 the fact that that actress in real life is stunning and hot and is able to be made over to look like that for the show is amazing.
2: And they did a lot to humanize her even this year, because last year she was very much a cartoon character. And I guess by the end of the season, they had given you more about her background and it was very interesting and tragic, but it was really cool to see in season two, her stripped of all the the power she had. You know, she was able to use religion to gain power, um, as is the age-old model, and once everyone realized that she was just full of crap and there was no reason to follow her, she had no real power from on high, she was just this lost, lonely soul who they were forced to do actually interesting things with, and that was great.
1: Do any of you feel Jason Biggs' character is compelling and give any kind of a crap about any of his scenes. No.
2: As horrible as it sounds, I never liked him more than when he was cheating on Piper this season. Like, that was the most interesting he's ever yeah, been. Yeah, that,
1: that added a little bit of a dimension there, but still, his character, I mean... I don't know, maybe it's because we get so entertained by what's going on in the prison that we just get taken out of it when he, when it's him, but I don't know, I just I find... I, I tend to drift and start checking Facebook and stuff when his scenes come on.
3: I I he didn't bother me at all. I mean I I was what I was hoping for this season was they would drag out the whole corruption thing further. I thought that was gonna be like an ongoing plot point and that they would play that up a little bigger and he would be able to really you know, that's how he would stay relevant to the show is um, you know, trying to get information to cracked that open and they kind of shuffled that all under the rug and uh, i didn't see the affair thing coming but i thought that was again another way to kind of keep it interesting um but yeah i, I he do, he doesn't bother me as much as a lot of people i hear that complaint a lot that his character and his storyline are pretty much at this point useless and and you know but i, I don't i don't share that and the real guy
2: apparently hates how he's being portrayed. Right. And I think everybody behind the show even acknowledges that's not how he really was or is. You know, that's just what they did with the character. But uh
1: On the oh, other well, hand, we... I would like to see more of Piper's brother on the album. <laughs> that guy I find very entertaining.
3: Well, he's on Manhattan now, so I don't know if he'll be back for season three or or what. I don't know if you guys have been if we're done with Orange is the New Black, I don't know if you guys have been watching Manhattan Is and all. on the WGN? It is.
0: Because so I watched their first series. Um, the, they're doing the original series now. I, I watched their first one for a little while. Uh, Salem?
3: And it Salem, was okay.
0: yeah. I mean, it wasn't enough to keep me compelled to watch. Uh, How's Manhattan? I,
3: I've, I've only watched the pilot. I've got the other two queued up. Uh, but the Manhattan's like one of the shows that's perfect in my wheelhouse. I'm a huge World War II buff, and that whole period in history is, you know, for me that that's kind of like a big thing for me. So, um, you know, as soon as they said, you know, about the building of the first atomic bomb out in you know Los Alamos, um, and how that all went down, I'm I'm totally in. So, I think there's a lot of fictionalization in it. Um, J. Robert Oppenheimer shows up uh, for one scene in in the pilot. I'm not sure how much the other. Main characters, your you know real life characters or how you know how how much they're involved in the show, but it's interesting it's a lot more about the people who were i I can't even say uprooted because most of them volunteered they now granted they didn't know what they were volunteering for, um, but they volunteered to basically go out in the middle of the desert for this government project, and of course, with the war going on the the thought was they'd be helping their country and you know they'd be doing the right thing. And then once these people got there, they're they're basically told that they would be there for the duration of the war. They would not be allowed to, to go home, um, which takes place in July of 1943. So it's it's just on just a, a little bit over two years before they actually dropped the bomb. Um, and it's about you know different groups of scientists and how they're competing to have their design be the one that the government accepts to build the the first nuclear bomb and you know everything around it. So there's a lot of you know. Uh, double crossing there's a lot of personal agendas there's a lot of uh you know a lot of things going on but but it's interesting because most of the people don't have any clue as to what they're doing uh you know most of them even even those that know don't even know the whole story they're they're told just what they need to know um and there's a there's kind of a it's it's funny but not funny uh scene where one of the guys that's leading the a group of scientists that's not really the kind of the all there's a scientist there. That's like the all-star like he's the guy that everybody expects to, you know, develop this thing and, and this, that's the design they're going to go with and, and all that. And then there's this guy that's leading this other team. That's a little more unconventional. Um, and he's kind of, you know, trying to, to get his design pushed forward. And uh, at one point he's not sleeping and he goes to the doctor and the doctor pulls out a Geiger counter and starts going, you know, scanning them with it, and the thing is going not completely nuts, but it's making a ton of noise. And uh, the doctor looks at him, he goes, "Yeah, it's not too bad. You, you know, it's it's all right." <laughs> and you're just like, "Holy crap!" <laughs> this guy's practically lighting up like a light bulb. Um, but it, I, 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 like it. I mean, I, I'm curious to see where it goes, and uh, you know, how much they delve into the personalities versus, uh, you know, the actual. You know, makings of the bomb and the testing and everything else, and and how people are you know made aware and kept in the dark. But um, if you're if you're interested in kind of that whole World War II era stuff or um, you know dramas, you know period dramas, I would say uh, then I would I would check it out. Speaking of
2: peer, uh, period dramas, Russ, what did you think of the way uh, *Halt and Catch Fire* wrapped up?
3: I was not that crazy about the way that ended. Um there are a lot of highs and lows with that show and it almost seemed like they were kind of it's almost like the way it wrapped up if it if it doesn't come back, I think it, it there's no like quote unquote cliffhanger ending um but if it does come back, I it's gonna be real interesting to see where they go with it um I I, I think it started way stronger than it than it ended. Um, I think it's kind of the anti, uh, Orange is the new black if you will but I love the characters I mean I like uh Lee Pace and Scoot McNary. and I just like I the, Scoot. the I yeah exactly um the lady that plays his wife and the um and Cameron the 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 kind of the genius coder uh chick um but you know the whole bit with Comdex I thought was awesome I mean that that episode was probably my favorite episode of the whole season um just you know how they you know had to scramble to get to Comdex but I don't think that show is going to come back. They haven't officially canceled it, but the ratings were, like, super low. I think it barely cracked 100,000.
2: Yeah, it it was really low. I mean, I'm kind of with you. There were elements of the finale I liked. Uh, There were elements that did not work for me. Uh, I thought the stronger moments came in that that second-to-last and third-to-last episode. But, you know, I, I would like to see it come back. I thought there was enough interesting stuff there that they could do. Especially with having the, the rug pulled out from under them with the Apple II there at the end. Um, no, that was the which, Mac. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, yes, the Mac. Yeah. I mean, which we knew was coming, you know, just because we we understand how linear time works. But it, it was still, the way it was presented was such a gut-punch moment. Yeah. While at the same time weirdly uplifting, because it was like this weird moment. But, yeah... I, the characters are really interesting. I don't know where the show goes next year, unless it's the birth of the uh, the internet, if it comes back at all. But I, I liked it enough that I would watch if it so came it's, back. It's yeah, I'm with you because
0: there. it reminds me of a while ago when they had um, was it Studio 8, Live from Studio Eight H and Thirty Rock, where they had like a serious take and a more comedic take on
2: uh, Studio sixty on the Sunday, Studio sixty on the Sunset Strip, and Thirty Rock.
0: The sort, the Aaron Sorkin version, and then the. Uh, the comedic version, of Thirty Rock, and with this, you know, Halt and Catch Fire is like the serious version, and I've heard that Silicon Valley is more of a, you know, slightly comedic take on it, more so. So, and yeah, it seems to be the more po- most popular, more uh, more popular than Halt and Catch Fire uh,
1: yeah. as well. It's not a slight. It's not a slightly comedic take. It's a complete comedic right. take, and it is hilarious. And that show is fantastic. I love Silicon Valley. I was very upset that the first season only was eight episodes.
0: Yeah, I've heard it's really good. I haven't got to check it out yet. Only so many hours in a day. Only twelve notes that a man can play. One of the new newer shows I have been checking out, though, I think you guys have been watching it too, has been um, the Strain. Oh yeah, the dog. Kind of adult-
1: I have not checked it out yet, but I plan to. I love.
2: I have not, and no. don't plan to.
0: <laughs> I I, li- I like it a lot. I think the only the only thing that really gets me about it is like when. They they get, like, a really good uh, head of steam going action-wise and tension-wise, and then he stops to go to an AA meeting. You know what I mean? <laughs> or he stops to go, you know, argue with his wife who doesn't want him. you know what I mean? Or it's it just, I mean, in the book that it's based on, I'm sure that works a lot better. Those transitions probably flow a lot better from chapter to chapter. But when you have, like, a dramatic TV series like that, and you're building tension, and, you know, he's working to, you know, try to stop the contagion or whatever and the, you know the the, the tension is really building and then you deflate it with like that it's just like kind of kind of takes you out of it that and then the guy from the CDC who's a, a um, his boss reminds me of the dude in jaws who's like close the beaches we can't close the beaches because there's no way in hell those people yeah. would ever have gotten out of quarantine to go home you know to um to to their homes or whatever I mean it just reminds me of um that that character from jaws we can't we can't have a panic. We can't close JFK, you know. So, But other than that, I'm really enjoying it. It's, it's definitely weird enough it's keeping me entertained.
4: So, yeah, yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. It's just, it's got that Del Toro uh, feel to it. You know, the gore, that little bit of extra gore. It feels like Hellboy 2, you know, crossed with, like, Pan's Labyrinth or something. Like, it's just got that creepy aspect and all the gore. And it's, I mean, it's silly as hell, right? I mean, there's some dopey stuff in that show, but it's just a lot of oh, fun. Yeah.
0: The um like the head the head uh, vampire or whatever I hate to call it vampire because it's like the head you know, massive worms or whatever the way they shoot that is really cool you never really see him like straight on or whatever um it it reminds me um when I when I when I um I do the uh, the show with Donnie and Daryl Donnie you know, like when it has a show that has everything you know he does a uh, imitation of Stefan from from Saturday Night Live and that's how I feel about this you know? this has everything Nazi vampires uh, mind worms <laughs> just like all kinds of funky stuff all thrown together. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. I enjoy it.
3: Did you read the book, John?
4: I read the first book and it's going back to, I think we were in our infancy when I was reading the first book and uh, I think it was thrown around as a movie for a little while uh, before it made its way to TV. The book, if I remember correctly, the book had a much more serious tone Um. I th- I think they you know I think it, it plays as more fun on TV you know it might just be hard to to uh, put in live action what they're describing in the book you know like with the giant worms and the um you know the way it plays out like you said not really vampires they're like they become like parasites I guess is the best way to put it
3: yeah yeah I haven't read the book um I like I like the show well enough it's it's one of those where it's good enough to keep me watching it kind of it's it's edgy i mean it's it's one of those fx shows kind of like sons of anarchy where they really push the limits of of what they can get away with even on a non-premium cable channel so and it's it's got the the head guy the scientist is the guy that was the um senator from pennsylvania on uh, uh uh house of cards Corey Stahl, I believe. Yes, yeah. Who will be Yellow
2: Jacket and Ant Man, I believe.
3: Yes, correct. Same guy. Same guy. Um, which I liked him a lot in House of Cards. He was kind of a tragic character, but I I really liked him, and I so far I like him in this one. So, um, the the one uh, Sean Astin kind of plays a bit of a of a buffoonish kind of guy, um, which almost kind of like a. Uh, a Sam Gamgee kind of ish character, you know, which I I it's kind of hard not to make that comparison because he kind of is a bit of a bumbler, kind of caught in a bad situation. But
4: and who's the actor? Uh, Russ, I know you'll know that he was Blob in uh, in one of the X Men movies. Origins Wolverine.
3: Oh, right. Yeah. Uh. Uh. Kevin Duran.
4: Right, and now he's like the uh, government.
3: You know, yeah, health reward guy that's the yeah. like,
4: exterminator. That's one thing I... And he was so. on
2: Lost as well. Yeah. I'm sorry? He was, Kimi, he was Kimi, I believe, on Lost? Yes. He was one of the mercenaries? Oh, right.
4: That's right. Huh. Um, They have a lot of different parts that they really haven't brought together yet. You know, like, he has kind of been on the fringe of the main group. And uh, the Spanish guys that have been, like, running the jobs for the vampires. Right. And with their mother in the apartment. Like, it all hasn't connected yet. Uh, so I, I look forward to how he brings it all together because I don't remember, I don't think that all happened in the first book. I think there are things in play that happened maybe in the second and third books. So Interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the way it folds out over season, and it did get renewed for season two. Mm-hmm. So.
3: Yeah, yeah, I saw Just that. today, I think.
0: While well, we're on the um, subject of Del Toro, I don't know if you guys saw or not, but him and um, Hideo Kojima, the guy who uh, created Metal Gear Solid, and uh, are, are rebooting the Silent Hill series for the next-gen consoles um, with starring Norman Reedus. Yeah, Redis. yeah and, I saw mean, that. It's like photorealistic. It's like that um, Metal Gear Solid photorealistic graphics, but Norman Reedus, and, um, they put out a... Um,
4: because he needs more exposure, so...
3: Yes, you know who knows who he is. So. Clearly.
0: But um, you know, while we're on the Del Toro tip, I just thought I'd mention that.
3: And John, you had... Legends on your list to talk about.
4: Yeah, I mean, well, I checked out the pilot. It's the uh, Sean P- Don't Kill Sean Bean show that uh, yeah. has been going around Twitter. Uh, did anybody else check out the pilot?
3: I did. I saw the pilot.
4: You know, it's it looked like it was going to be a typical, like, undercover show. You know, like, here's this guy that goes into deep cover and he gets himself, you know, into trouble or... Maybe he starts to really feel for some of the people that he's undercover with, and then his cover gets blown. You know, like stuff we've seen in a million movies and and TV shows and whatnot. Uh, And then they pull that little twist towards the back half of the show. Yeah. Where you find out that he doesn't really know who he is. So even his real identity is sort of a cover Maybe so. Right. We don't, we're not really sure. It could be like a mind wiping thing, like a uh, you know, born
3: identity or something.
4: Yeah, like a doll house. Right. Exactly. But we have really no clue, and we weren't even clued into that until what, like forty. I don't know. I guess they, I guess they teased it early in the show, and then he sort of tries to pursue it on the side during the pilot. So we really don't yeah. know um, exactly. The only thing probably, and somebody mentioned this on. I had to be Facebook or Twitter or something and I totally agree. The only thing I don't buy is Ali Larder being his boss on the show.
3: <laughs> yeah,
4: but like I don't buy her doing anything like she shouldn't be allowed to say words.
0: She was already <laughs> in Resident Evil the Resident it. Evil movies because she didn't talk much so
1: right
4: it's exactly yeah.
3: I um, will say though that she had the perfect uh one of the meets was in a strip club and she had to give some information to Sean Bean's character without tipping off the bad guys. Um, so she posed as a stripper. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so that was kind of cool. That's of the Venture Brothers.
4: <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I think it's definitely worth checking out. I mean, if you're into, like, you know, like a 24-type thing or, uh, you know, spy movies or, or uh, you know, I don't
2: even know. Out did Ali Lider in strip clubs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I Where mean, it's –
4: you know, and it, what is it, FX, Russ? Yeah, it's FX, so you get a little, you know, like you said earlier, they push the limits a little bit. I mean, I TNT. Didn't... Yeah. Okay. It's oh. T- it's TNT. <laughs> I, th- I was thinking yeah. TNA when you said
1: TNA. No, not TNA. <laughs> um, <laughs> TNT.
3: <laughs> yes, you get that too. Right, yes. I thought, <laughs> exactly. of, but,
1: uh, I thought about checking it out, but I don't know if my fragile mind can take witnessing another Sean Bean death, so...
3: Wait he's the main character so that would be a tough that would be a tough deal he was the um, main
1: character in the first season of Game of Thrones too when he died so spoiler alert you know
3: yeah but <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah I don't get that vibe the one thing that's awesome uh is there's a particular undercover persona that he takes on and it's pretty awesome the way he comes in and out of it um and there's there's and it's a compl- it's like he stutters and and everything else so from just even from an acting perspective, it it's really I mean it just really it, I think the show's gonna give him a lot of range, because um, sometimes he tends to play like the same kind of guy, um, like if you've seen like Ronin or you know his Lord of the Rings character, um, Game of Thrones, where he's kind of the quiet, brooding, straight edge, you know, yeah, straight edge guy, um,
2: gruff, lawful, good,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he kind of delves into this persona, and at one point he doesn't even realize like he's trying to get in character, and he doesn't even realize he's done it. Um, and it's it's just really it's 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 really interesting. So and and this uh, is like a trend. I I see a trend like s- since they
4: pulled it off on Fringe, and now with the you know explosion of Orphan Black and what Tatiana Mislani's doing yeah. on that show, like now all of a sudden we're gonna see people. They want to flex their actor's muscle by making them, you know, showing off by playing a couple of different parts or having a couple of different personas or, or you know, something like that.
1: And since you brought it up, I want to mention to all the Emmy people out there who I know listen to the HHWLOD network. You robbed her again. Orphan Black is not getting its due. It just is not such a fantastic show.
0: She did win the uh the uh, the show's produced in Canada and she did win like three awards. Um Canadian acting awards for it. So uh
4: America's Hat.
1: But yeah, yep. they're they're Canadian awards. It's 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 kinda like yeah. monopoly money, you know?
4: <laughs> That's true. That is true. Canada, the San
0: Francisco treat. <laughs> I think another new show that we're kinda split on is uh The Leftovers you now. I watched the pilot and most of the second episode and then I had to give it up because it just seemed like I wanted more to be going on and more to pull me in. You know, I understand, you know, the big arching backstory thing you're trying to pull out there, but there wasn't enough meat on that to keep me interested in the rest of the show. So I kind of gave up on it.
1: As a fat guy, I am not one to ever leave leftovers. But in this case, after the second episode, I also left. I was done. (laughs)
4: it seemed too sad for me. I can't have sadness in my television. I'd rather have Ali Larder not speaking than <laughs> <laughs> be depressed, you, I'm, know? With I mean, you. The, I'm with you on that. There's job. plenty on the news to make me sad, you know. I don't it's not my uh it's not my choice of entertainment.
3: I have this weird thing where if I start something, I have a hard time not finishing it. So and and it's one of those things like Sunday night um I'll watch it. Just I'll just kind of pull up my tablet while I'm trying to go to sleep and just and just fire it up and watch it. I, it's like I gotta know. I don't know what it is. I just I can't let it go. It's one of those shows. Again, this is kind of like, um, like we we're talking earlier. If this show went away and didn't come back, I wouldn't be clamoring to see it or really miss it. But there's just something about it. I don't know what it is. There's like just enough there to get me to come back. But yet I can't I can't say I like it, but. And I don't know why I keep watching it, but I just feel compelled to keep watching it. So it's just kind of bizarre, but... I totally
4: um... know exactly what you're talking about, because that show, Alcatraz, like, it wasn't that good. I don't miss it, but I wish there would just be an article where they would say what they were getting at. (laughs) Yeah. Like, just explain what the main premise was, and then I'll be happy. Like, it didn't last long enough to reveal the... Yeah. Well, and I thought yeah, that I...
1: there was mention they were going to follow it up at least with a comic book series to kind of finish the story, and just, it went away. And yeah. I enjoyed Alcatraz, with... I liked that show.
3: Yeah, now Lindelof has said for The Leftovers, pretty much after the whole Lost thing, that you won't get answers on this show, show as far as, like, what happened. Like, there won't be some big reveal to show why these people disappeared and what happened to them. Um, but there's other stuff going on that I hope we'll get answers to. And, and actually, last night's episode, uh, as we record this, there's this group that's called the Guilty Remnant, and they're kind of weird. They just walk around wearing all white. They don't speak, and they chain smoke. Um, and we finally got like the what their deal is last night. And it was uh, last night's episode was actually really, really good. Um, so we finally have figured out what... You know what they're all about and what's going on, but there's there there's definitely still some supernatural stuff going on. There's the you know the 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 I, Mr. Hugs a lot or whoever the guy that hugs people and takes away their pain and the crazy cult he runs and how he's impregnating Asian women and um, <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of weird. Now I'm very um, glad
1: I left this show.
3: <laughs> yeah, now I can't wait to watch it. And
1: I have to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> The, the chain-smoking, non-speaking, um, exodus-type people, just uh, that's one of the reasons I stopped watching, because it just seemed so ridiculous. And I just could, couldn't find a reason to care. So if you don't mind spoiling it, what were they about since it was revealed?
3: Um, yeah, so spoiler in case you haven't caught up with the leftovers. But basically their deal is they're there to remind everybody... That peep that these people are gone and they're they basically given up everything. so they give and and they make such a point of not speaking, wearing white so they stand out, chain smoking because it's kind of seen as a they don't feel like there's anything left in life for them to live for and B, it's kind of like a social taboo anymore so they it's like they're they're doing that um, and it, and they literally just give up everything like they have no emotion or no attachment to anything um and there a couple episodes ago one of the characters was stoned to death and it was actually they themselves that stoned this character to death and she was totally fine with letting it happen so their their whole thing is that they're sickened by the fact that people are finding ways to move on with their life and forget and just try and forget about what happened with all these people leaving so they they've taken it on as like their job to keep reminding people that hey um, there's no point to life, really, and that these people are gone, and you people are sickening for just going about your daily lives, um, you know, and trying to get back to normal.
1: I know plenty of people um, that would actively let themselves be stoned to death. I've met a few. So
3: it's 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 kind of crazy, but it it just the way that's revealed in the last in in this last episode is really interesting. And the chief, um, Justin Thoreau's character is getting a lot more interesting because he keeps having these like he goes to sleep and it and basically he's blacking out and basically doesn't remember what he's doing but he's living this whole other life for the most part and uh the daughter symbiote li- Yeah, the daughter's a little crazy. Um and the daughter um she is of age so I don't feel too creepy saying this but she is very young. Um the daughter is uh is Andy McDowell's daughter, the actress Andy McDowell and this girl, I mean, when she, I mean, she is stunningly beautiful. I mean, it's, it's just like I, when the show first started, I was looking, at it, I was like, man, she looks like somebody, like somebody fa- famous, like somebody, you know. And so I did an IMDb search and sure enough, it's like Andy McDowell's daughter. So I don't like, she won the genetic lottery on that relationship for sure. So, um,
1: so better or below Allie Lauder, not speaking.
3: Um, um, did- Probably below just because I feel a little too creepy because she's probably like 19 or something like that. So, um, Ali Larder's definitely a, uh, a, a fully grown woman, so I feel less creepy for saying, uh, uh Ali Larder not speaking, uh, in a strip club. Uh, but it, yeah, it's just like I said, it's only got two more episodes left. It's only going to have a 10 episode first season. Um, and like I said, if it doesn't come back, I probably wouldn't miss it, but for some reason, I just keep watching it.
4: So I'll just keep us busy until uh, Sons of Anarchy returns.
3: Bingo.
0: Or The Flash or Gotham or Constantine start up again.
1: Walking Dead, up. Shield.
3: Yeah. Um, Arrow. Arrow, yes. So what other TV stuff? Do we have any more TV stuff? It seems like this has been the TV well, podcast Well, this today.
1: is kind of TV, but it's also a movie. Uh, to me, it's probably going to be the next Best Picture winner. And that is, did anybody catch Sharknado Two, the second one?
4: <laughs> yes, yes, I did. No, huh. that's what it should be called. Is it called Sharknado Two, the second yes. one? Yes, it, it is. It is. Oh, oh that's title. fantastic.
1: It 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 was stunningly beautiful. Just a, a, a such a rich story, well written, and so believable. Um. They denied the the laws of physics left and right. I actually saw a guy hit a home run with a baseball bat with the shark. Actually knocked it out of where the Mets play. It, 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 it was amazing.
4: We know it's not realistic now. Nobody hits home runs there. <laughs> Hey-oh. <laughs> yeah, Sharknado 2 was it, a good time. Is it, Pat like... I have not seen a Sharknado film at this point. You have not lived. <laughs> is and... it like, is it like actually like, where are you coming from with it? Is it like so bad it's good? Or is it actually like a good comedy? You I, I know, think like
0: the first one was, was just like so bad. It was good. And then the second one, they tried really hard and I thought it turned out okay, but I didn't, I didn't like it as much as the first one. I,
1: I have to say was... the opening sequence of the second one was great. They're on an airplane. And the pilot of the airplane is, I can't think of the actor's name, but he was the pilot in the movie Airplane. Um, so there's a lot of little hidden jokes of, with him in there. Um, Will Wheaton and his wife are passengers on there and get eaten by sharks. Uh, the <laughs> stewardess, who's played by Kelly Osborne, gets eaten by sharks. Tara Reed denies physics. And uh, somehow doesn't get sucked out the plane door while other people are getting sucked out the plane door. Um, And then her hand gets bit off by a shark. It was great. So great.
3: It was like the highest rated show in sci-fi history or something like that. Like the ratings on that thing are just like ridiculous.
1: Well, and after this, they've decided now, at least for now... This is going to be an annual sci-fi event. They've already greenlit Sharknado 3 for this time next year, and they're talking about making it an annual thing. So I am all about that. Um, I actually am staring at my Sharknado movie poster on the wall that I have framed. It's just, it's so awesome.
4: How many Sharknados until Sharknados in space? Six.
1: Yeah, I'd say about half a dozen or so.
0: When is it going to jump the shark? (laughs) ha
3: ha! Oh.
0: Um, speaking of bad movies, I'd like to recommend something if I could. I've been watching a lot of like, um, uh, like YouTube shows uh, on my smart TV and stuff. And uh, the show I found it's by the guys who did the uh, the um, that really long uh, critique, the Red Letter Media guys um, of uh, the Phantom Menace. But they have a show called Best of the Worst, and what they do is oh yeah, get um, three. Uh, bad movies. They usually have a theme. Like they did one episode that was superhero movies. They did um, Supergirl, the Matt Salinger version of Captain America, and the Corman version of Fantastic Four. Um, they'll watch re- three really bad movies. They have like a, a ninja episode, or all three ninja movies, um, or direct uh, direct to video horror movies and stuff like that. And then they'll uh, there are no
4: bad ninja movies. I
0: don't know, man. Ninja <laughs> Three: The Domination. Beverly Hills
4: Ninja.
3: Hey, that, that had sense. Lucinda, that had Lucinda Dickey. So watch yourself now.
0: They, uh, if you watch their episode of uh, Best of the Worst about ninja movies, they might they might have a difference of opinion with you on that.
3: <laughs> I know they, they did Jim uh,
0: Kata on their one martial arts uh, episode. Oh my gosh, her, I remember that. Thomas, the gymnast, um, and, <laughs> and those kung fu guys. Uh, but they've <clears throat> they've done a lot of really great bad movies, and you know you guys know how much I love MST and how much I like really. You know cheesy bad movies, and uh, this show they they watch three, and then they uh, they figure out which is the worst, and then they have an adjunct show called Wheel of the Worst, where they put eight uh, like random videos on a wheel, and they spin, and they watch they watch the three that come up, and they've had everything. They on.
3: stole our idea, Wheel of Fate, copyright infringement. They really it, didn't. If you watch the, the pay, show, it's the very
0: different. But like the videos they watch are stuff like there was like a Dunkin' Donuts instructional video from
2: 1991. Um, they had or a, re- a Korean religious doc- indoctrination right. video from the 90s that was like a weird, the stand influenced music video. Did it, it have Korean Twenty one Jump Street. Is that?
0: Yeah,
1: awesome.
2: <laughs> it it did not
0: but uh, it's a lot of fun to watch and there's a, there's a, I think a playlist of about 25 episodes on uh, YouTube I probably watched them all in the past few days um, it's called best of the worst red letter media on YouTube
1: and and, and... Yeah, abs-
2: I cannot second that uh, that highly enough because it is such a good show all their stuff they do is is a lot yes, of fun
0: that, that show especially is really funny because I've seen a lot of the movies they talk about um, sadly enough
1: so And, John, just to further debunk your statement of no bad ninja movies, have you seen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles by Michael Bay? Because that's definitely a bad ninja. No. F- bad, bad ninja film.
2: Or anything Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the last 30 years? Hey now.
4: Hey now. Yeah, they're not my favorite ninjas.
2: I know. Tubular.
4: Anyway. Speaking of- I am. Uh... Once again, I, I guess combining TV and uh, and movies, I could not get into the Doctor Who World Tour New York stop. Um, it was a very bad system. They, like, tweeted out the link four minutes after the tickets went on sale, which oh, then wow. I don't know how anybody bought the tickets without that link. It wasn't, like, live on the website or whatever. Anyway, by the time they tweeted the link, the tickets were gone. Um so it's definitely a conspiracy. But uh, next week, I'm going with my daughter to the movies to see the premiere of Doctor Who. Nice. Uh, oh, nice. Which I'll be interested to see how that works out. I know it's been done before. I think it's been done before with Doctor Who, right? With maybe finales or the, the Christmas special I think they put mm-hmm. in theaters. Yeah. I it think was the 50th anniversary. anniversary. And the 50th
2: anniversary
3: yeah. Were.
4: yeah. And I don't know how available. Like, there was only one theater, like... In my general area, but there were a few others like semi-nearby, so I'm not sure how wide released it's going to be in theaters. Um, but it should be cool. The only problem is it's actually like two days after it's on TV, so I have to stay away from uh, the <laughs> internet and, and you know everything else and my DVR and everything just to experience it for the first time in the movies. But it should be fun. That's kind of
1: strange because when they did the 50th anniversary special, I saw it in a theater and it was broadcast you know played as it was broadcast so that's strange that they're doing it 2 days after
4: yeah this is yeah i'm i'm not sure uh exactly the theory on this one but i, I mean unless i'm wrong i'm going on the 25th i think the show's back like the 22nd or 3rd right
2: yeah, right. yeah. i just rewatched time of the doctor and day of the doctor the other day cuz they just added those to netflix instant and so i am primed for the show to be back
3: And we got premiere dates for Star Wars Rebels, which they're kind of doing a similar thing. Like if you have the Disney XD app or whatever it is, you get it early, like a few days early. And then they're going to show the actual one-hour premiere movie on the Disney Channel. And then two or three days later, it premieres on Disney XD, which is going to be the normal channel that is going to show it. Um, But that's coming end of September. And into the beginning of October. So I've, I've got kind of high hopes for Rebels.
0: Uh, yeah, the trailers have looked great. They put out an extended trailer. I think it was last week or this week. Uh, like a yeah. five, four or five minute trailer. I and mean, it's a good chunk. And uh, it's good. It's I, I really i am looking forward to it.
3: There's Dave Filoni, the same guy that was kind of the lead showrunner for The Clone Wars. Which I think was pretty positively you know, taken overall. So... This one a little closer to what we know, a little closer to original trilogy timeline than uh, than the prequel area stuff. So I'm, I'm looking forward Speaking
1: to that. Speaking of, I saw an article about uh, Disney wanting to, or they're talking uh, like in November or something of re-releasing a Blu-ray set of the original cut of the Star Wars films. And then you had mentioned on there, Russ, that you're not sure how that's going to happen because Fox is involved. So do you know... Have you heard any more than that
3: from from what I from what I've read and, and just based on at the time when the when the Lucasfilm deal was made um, and this just goes back to the fact that f- that when Lucas was trying to get Star Wars made Fox financed the movie and they own distribution rights and everything first for, for uh, Star Wars what we refer to now as a new hope. His big deal was he wanted merchandising rights and sequel rights, and Fox gave that to him. Um, so then he made obviously Empire and Jedi; they were basically independent films. Um, so as part of the Disney deal, Disney never gets distribution rights to Star Wars: A New Hope ever, for eternity. Um, they do unless they buy them. Well, t- true, true, but just as a, as a condition of the agreement, they don't revert. They don't revert to Disney. Let's put it that way. Right. Um, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, um, apparently in 2020, those rights revert to Disney, um, so they could technically, uh, release. And I think, oh, I, it's I'm sorry, it's um, uh, uh, The Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and I think the three prequels. Those rights in 2020 revert back to, to Disney, um, but the original doesn't. So unless there is some kind of co-deal between Disney and Fox um, on A New Hope and, and the, the other two movies, because technically they still hold distribution rights to it. I don't see this happening. Uh, I guess technically because Disney has... Where, what gets interesting to me is if, if Fox has distribution rights for those movies until 2020, I I don't know if they can redistribute them because they would have to go back to the original... Film and repair damage and rebuild that cut because it technically doesn't exist um, in, in a pristine form hmm. in in film. So I don't know how that works. I don't know if because they own distribution, if they own the rights to the negatives and could and could put money into it and do it, if they would just hire ILM or Lucasfilm to do that. I don't know if there's some secret backroom deal between Disney and Fox to make this happen. My guess is no. Um, because I think Fox would probably want too much money, and Disney probably wouldn't want to pay it. Um, I think maybe at the same
1: time though, I it, it, to me it's there wouldn't be a lot of upfront costs and in, in, in re- for, the return on investment would be so great. I mean, for Fox and Disney, it would be like printing money. I mean, think about all of us fans out maybe. there. We would probably, I know, I would rush out the second it hit the shelves and and buy it or actually probably pre-order it on Amazon, but still, it, same thing.
3: I mean, it depends. It's going to cost a ton of money to to build that print back um, because the film is basically... It, it, it. I don't know that the film still exists in a condition where it could be even used. It would have to be scanned. It would have to be cleaned up. It would have to be worked on. Well, There's probably royalty rights and all kinds of other stuff that, that are tied up in, in that. So it i know lucas said year, 10 years ago or wh- or whenever the whenever the, the the new the the special editions were released on like dvd that it would cost millions to 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 rebuild that so again it's between you know given the fact that they'd have to split the financing however that would happen they'd have to invest millions to to rebuild it um i don't you know i don't know if they feel like they can get that their money's worth out of it. I don't know. Maybe they can. may I, I don't know. But I just think with the with the cross rights thing that that might be difficult. And you know, Disney may just decide to just buy Fox's rights on that out, uh, or buy buy the rights back outright. But I think I I guess long windedly, shocker, um, I, I'm saying I'm kind of calling BS on on that story. I, I just I don't buy it.
1: Well, I don't buy Lucas's story ten years ago that there's not an original print somewhere. I mean, as widely re- released as that oh, I was, and everything else, come on, I'm sure that somewhere, some, somehow, somewhere, Fox, somebody has it in a can somewhere. It may not be the greatest print, but with what they can do with digital restoration now, I don't know.
3: Right, now, and that's what that's what was the, the
0: Japanese DVDs taken from them. Because when they released well, the, no, them in Japan on DVD, they released the original versions on DVD. From, well, I mean they built print. laser
3: discs off them, right? I mean they and granted they have to clean the print up, but the problem is, I know, I know when they went back and did the special editions that they said the film, the original masters were in such poor quality that if they hadn't done the special editions and scanned and scanned in what they could and rebuilt what they did, that that film would not exist anymore. That the original masters. Would have deteriorated to the point where that film, from a master quality perspective, I'm not talking about, um, you know, prints that they sent to the theater in a can somewhere, but the actual masters that they that they shot, it wouldn't even exist anymore. And I mean, this is like I said, this is going on 15 years now. More than that, 17 years ago. Film does not hold up very well. Most most movies, there. I think the, the the saying is, there's more. There's more movies that have been that have been lost forever than exist now, or something like that. That just you know, film just doesn't hold up unless it's properly you know stored and taken care of and and all that.
1: And, uh, you don't think Fox Studios would have taken care of it? I mean, there's still Master Prince. I think they of, would have uh, done
3: the best that they could.
1: I mean, there's still the Master Prince of Hell's Angels out there from. You know, 1930. Tell me that Star Wars couldn't have survived right, thirty-something years. I don't know. I just think
3: I'm sure. But you look at a lot of those, ol- and and there's a lot. I mean, big big difference too. You're talking about black and white versus color. You're talking about you know different film stock. You're talking about what we perceive as quality. I mean, movies shot back then. I mean, you look at how much grain and how and how scratches and all that other crap that's on there. It doesn't take as much to restore that, and a lot of times the quality wasn't that good to begin with. When you're talking about movies like—I mean, in The Godfather was the same way. When Coppola went back through to the original negatives, to the original masters, to, to redo The Godfather, it was the same way. They had to do a ton of work to, right. get, I, that pr- to I don't, get that— I'm pr- sorry,
4: Russ. I, I don't think you're saying it can't be done. You're saying they might not think it's worth it.
3: Right and and I I don't think people realize how much deterioration has taken place over time and how much work it takes to restore this stuff that it's not just as simple as well it's in a vault somewhere I mean it's and back in the 60s and the 70s and prior to that they didn't think about this stuff they didn't think well what's film going to be like in 50 60 years um you know they just they just stored it how they stored it and hope for the best they didn't re- you know know um you know how 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 this is going to go Mr. Negativity. Thank you very much. <laughs> but,
1: but, but Star Wars! Exactly! But, but Star Wars! <laughs> I'm just saying, I, th- I think it's a conspiracy uh, theory that, uh, you know, Lucas was tired of hearing the fanboys going, why did you mess with it? And he's like, oh, well, the, the originals are lost."
3: Possible. Possible.
4: And then he lit $100 bills on
2: fire. <laughs> I- I'm with you, though, John. Uh, the, you know, you're saying you wouldn't buy it. I don't think I would either. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I love Star Wars, but the actual uh, audience for original, untouched, uh, no special edition anything is much, much smaller than people think it is. It is a very loud minority who wants those and who cares about that. I- the vast, vast majority of Star Wars fans doesn't give two now, craps.
3: Would- I would buy it. I mean, I- I'll i tell you right now. Right now, I would totally buy it just because, just for nostalgic purposes, exactly. just to to look at that and 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 have it remind me of the of the experience I had when I first saw it. Other, and I than, don't doubt that you would. Right, and other than that, but I totally get why. I, I totally get your perspective as well. Like people just being like, you know what, I could care less. I'm perfectly fine with watching the special editions. It it satisfies you know my need for Star Wars, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. For me, it's just purely. A nostalgia, and I, I, I'm here. I'm a I'm a huge film buff. So for me, having that that edition, but I agree with you also, Jordan. A huge, very vocal minority.
1: Well, and Jordan, you just you can't. you're and that and that's
3: why it comes down to how much it's yeah, worth.
1: Your perspective, Jordan, though, doesn't really weigh in because your generation Star Wars is Jar Jar Binks. Our generation Star Wars was actual great oh. film.
2: Right, and your generation can only buy so many copies of a very expensive restoration. Yeah, that, that's it too. Like
4: I've, I, at this point, they've gone to the well enough times on me. I'm not buying any more copies. of Exactly. Star
3: Wars. John's protesting on principle. <laughs> I am.
4: This,
0: this is the man who probably
4: has a, a maybe stack if of... it goes on a gold box special one day, maybe. Um, maybe, maybe if it's made out of I was
2: gold.
3: Say, this comes
0: from the guy who has a stack of Blu-rays he hasn't watched, probably as tall as he is.
3: Yes, but to I put I have... it in a Darth Vader head. You will buy it. Oh.
4: Oh yeah. You know what's in that stack of Blu-rays that I haven't watched? The Star Wars Gymkhana. trilogy. <laughs> so Expendables three.
3: <laughs> Go. Man, it's just uh, I've yakked enough.
4: Listen, it's not any worse than the other two. It's the same. Uh, They're probably going to blame all of their problems on the piracy leak instead of just that they half-assed it. You know, the premise is just done. You know, like, I-, I don't know why Stallone insists on having the entire last cast in it and the new cast. And then when you show up or you download it, you find out that all of the members of the old cast were probably there to film one day. And each had a total of like seven minutes on screen.
0: Unless you're Terry Crews, in which case he just laid in a hospital bed like one day, and they took video of him there
4: from a gunshot in the ass. Right, right. <laughs> That's what
0: made it funny: gunshot in the ass. But yeah, it was funny because I mean, you could tell he was doing busy doing Brooklyn Nine Nine or whatever because he was barely in it. He you know, gets shot. Where another
2: character got shot in the ass. Yeah.
0: But um, but he's barely yeah. in Expendables Three. Like they show him in a hospital bed a couple times, yeah. I did it. I did it for Caesar.
1: I did it for Caesar, man. The first Expendables, it was a novelty and I enjoyed it. The second one was tiresome, boring, and just plain uh, lunacy. I have no desire to go see the third one. Someday when I'm sitting on the couch a little bit drunk and it comes on HBO, I might watch it, but even then, I don't know.
4: And it's probably better than two. Like, it's not an, like, intolerable mess or anything. It's just not, you know, not much new, obviously, and you don't get to see the people that you want to see enough. Whether, and that goes for everybody, whether you really wanted to see what Ronda Rousey and, you know, the new crew could do, or whether you really wanted to see Statham and and Arnold do, you know, what they do one more time, you didn't get to see enough of any of those groups because – They tried to jam so much into it that nobody got real screen time. I mean, except for Stallone, of course.
0: I'm I'm sorry. My favorite part, uh, you make a really good point, you know, it's like you don't get enough screen time with the new new crew to, like, feel any attachment to them whatsoever uh, other than, like, oh, well, that's the tech guy. Oh, well, that's the chick. Oh, well, you know what I mean? And then by the time you do see them in action, they're captured. And then the old guys have to come save them, and they aren't on screen for very long because by that time, all that screen time has been eaten up. I will say, though, that Mel Gibson has had like a whole second career now as playing like wackadoo, um, um, crazy villains now between this and Machete Kills. Um,
2: and then also in movies.
3: <laughs> hey,
0: I thought the PG 13 hurt her more than the Piracy did. It just seemed I like agree. a G.I. Joe movie to me. Like, there was no consequence. and it just took the edge off the action for me, and it's just very noticeable.
4: And and the answer is probably like, oh, it'll do better on home video. But if they, if they put out the theatrical cut on on DVD and Blu-ray, and then try to double dip it with like a trilogy box set with the unrated versions, it's just like, it's not worth it. I mean, I, I think Richard did. Put it pretty well when he said, like, the novelty was cool. And I love these actors, you know, talk about nostalgia. Like, all of these guys are, like, the movies I grew up on. And, like, I enjoy this type of thing. But it's just done. You know, it's done. Maybe the girl version will bring a different, you know, twist to it. The Expendables, whatever. Nothing is over! (laughs) It's like, yeah. It's like they gave, like... You know, Ronda Rousey was one of their, like, big draws. She's, like, the biggest female athlete right now, and we know she can kick ass. She probably can't act, whatever. They give her two fight scenes. One of them, they're so intent on her fighting in a dress and heels that it's so clear that it's not her because her agents and people were probably like, there's no way you're doing these stunts and heels and, and whatever. You're going to break an ankle, you know. So the one scene isn't even her. It's a man in a dress doing stunts. (laughs) And then there's, like, one other, like, small fight and shoot-up scene that I thought went pretty well. And I thought she handled herself okay with her dialogue and stuff. Like, better than the beginning uh, of Gina Carano's career, that's for sure. But, uh, you know, but that was it. So I I don't know what they accomplished. Not much. But there is going to be a Rambo (laughs) 5. (laughs) we have that and that can't be if that's anything but R. you know he's just committing career suicide again agreed that's all i have to say about expendables 3 if they can't sell me on it
0: it's over they're in trouble (laughs) well very good close thematically to expendables um did you guys check out the new batman animated um dvd Digital download. I have not seen
3: it. I
1: bought it last night and haven't watched it yet.
0: So. It's not even. All right. First of all, it's not a Batman movie at all. Okay. Batman's probably in a third of the whole movie. It, what it really is, you know, and I was surprised to, to, to find this out and pleasantly so, it's an R rated animated Suicide Squad movie. Like, to the point where the, the point of view character isn't Batman, it's Deadshot. And uh, they brought back CCH Pounder as Amanda Waller. Um, They have a a slew of uh, of voice acting talent. Troy Baker from Bioshock Infinite. Uh, Jennifer Hale, who was Commander Shepard in uh, Mass Effect. Um, uh, John DiMaggio from Futurama and and a bunch of other things. Nolan North. Uh, Neil McDonough, who plays uh, Dum Dum Dugan in the Cap Cap movie. Um, The first Cap movie uh, is, is Deadshot. Um, they've got Kevin Conroy as Batman, but basically this whole movie centers around Suicide Squad breaking into Arkham to get something for Amanda Waller, and Batman is in it, maybe twenty percent of the movie, maybe a quarter of the movie, and uh, it was weird because it's billed and and promoted as being spun off from the video game, but it really has nothing to do with the video game at all. It's and I understand why they did it because I mean it would be really really hard to market a, a Suicide Squad you know animated feature. Um, especially one that's like i mean this has some like this is definitely r rated there's like some you know adult sexual situations there's decapitations uh heads exploding lots of lots of blood i mean it's it's definitely an r rated movie but to but to tell the like a suicide squad type story and do it justice you have to go r with it and i was i was pleasantly surprised by this it's a good it's a good uh, animated uh, feature it's probably the best one since like tim left as their executive producer.
1: I mean, I still haven't watched it yet, but I've got it sitting right here, and you're saying rated R, but the packaging, it says it's PG-13.
0: I don't know, man. You know, judge for yourself. Even... There are a lot of heads exploding, and yeah, there are a lot of heads exploding and people dying, and, uh, and I mean, they put, Amanda Waller puts, uh, you know, explosive charges a la, you know, Escape from New York in the, into all the Suicide Squad uh, members. And the one guy doesn't believe her, and I'm not going to say which character doesn't believe her and tries to walk out and his head explodes. you know um,
4: it, it was that Amanda Waller or skinny Amanda Waller fat. Nice.
0: straight out almost straight out of the Justice League cartoon and same voice Sweet. and everything. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. I really was I wasn't expecting a lot and it turned out to be something it wasn't really advertised to be, but something that was really good.
1: I look forward to watching it so
4: cool. They, um, I don't, I don't love the DC animated stuff. I don't dislike any of them. I think they're like all okay. Uh, but one thing I'll give them credit for is they're putting them out there. Like the Marvel animated stuff has been few and far between and they're always trying like weird anime style or, you know, Japanese or like digital, uh, you know, computer animation stuff. I think they just did like. What, did they just do Iron Man and Hulk or something? They're, like, so yeah. under the radar. And then they did a Punisher, like, Punisher and uh, Black Widow, Black was Widow
3: it? and Hawkeye. Rise of Technovore. Yeah. Iron Man, the Rise of Technovore.
4: Yeah. It's just, like, a lot of, like, under the radar, like, not well-received stuff. So they, few and far between. Well,
3: yeah, they did that deal with Madhouse Studios, which did the stuff on G4 where they had the X-Men. They had X-Men, Wolverine, Blade, Blade and Iron Man. And that I guess that sh- they the one they're the ones that have done the rise of Technivore and then I think one other one. So I I missed like when we got Hulk versus and when we got, uh you know, Ultimate Avengers and Next Avenger. I mean, they had a string of some pretty good ones, I thought. Um,
4: yeah, I think since Marvel um since Marvel since Disney acquired them, they've sort of which is strange, right? That Disney has put the animated stuff on the back burner.
3: Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. you know,
4: maybe they're waiting for the right time to do like a Pixar thing with, you know. But yeah, I like Hulk
0: versus. Was well, they really got good. Big Hero 6 coming out. And also, yeah. And they've also got the. Um, they, they have the television cartoons. You know, they have the Ultimate Spider Man cartoon and, uh, was it Hulk Agents of Smash and, um, Avengers, Avengers Assemble? Avengers Assemble, which are all, like, you know, not as good as what they replaced. But, um,. I mean that's that's where their animation mainly is, is on the you know, the kids side, the, the television stuff.
4: Yeah, I guess that makes sense.
3: Anybody got some video? I see, I see a few video game things. I don't, I don't really have any video game stuff. So if you guys, if you guys have video game stuff,
0: John, did you play the Destiny beta? Because I did.
4: I played the Destiny alpha. Oh. wow. Which wasn't around very long, but I, I actually stayed away from the beta on purpose because. They usually don't let you like continue your character from beta, and I was like, I'd been down that road with Titanfall, so I decided to just stay away from it, but I've heard all really good things. It was really fun. Um, I, remind...
2: I heard there was a wizard on the moon. There was, yeah.
4: There on the moon?
0: There's a wizard. He's on the, a wizard. On the moon. A um, wizard? Nice. It's the line that he delivers, that Peter Dinklage delivers in the show, or in the game. Yeah, I, re- I enjoyed it quite a bit. It was kind of a weird mix of like Halo and Borderlands, kind of a strange way. Like it had like those big environments like Borderlands did in and, and the co-op play, but like the aesthetic was very Halo. Um, I I was playing it on my three hundred and sixty, and it looked good. I mean, it looked really good. I didn't see any hiccups or, or, or lag or anything. It's just I was real, uh, real impressed with that.
4: It's turned into a pretty big next gen game because of all of the uh, delays of other stuff that was supposed to be out. That's not coming until two thousand fifteen now. You know, like uh, Evolve is one that comes to mind. Right. I did like the alpha. It, it, I actually threw a little fallout in there. Felt a little fallout, like character creation stuff. Right. Uh, definitely Borderlands, definitely. The way you're shooting, you know, the the, the combat and the way the damage numbers kind of, like, fly off the thing you're shooting and stuff.
0: Plus the way everything is kind of customizable and you kept getting new weapons and new add-ons. And the whole loot system reminded me very much of, uh, of Borderlands. Yeah, but um, I, I don't know. It, it, it looks like a really fun game. I might get it for the 360. I mean, it was good enough. I mean, I know it's it's supposed to be played on next gen system, but I really I had no problems with it on the 360 at all as far as uh, graphics or anything. I might I might end up picking it up for that.
4: Yeah, I'm looking. For, I'm definitely grabbing it. I'm looking forward to that one. It's been few and far between for next gen, so just to have something new and you know, not a not a report or, or whatever. Um, speaking of which, I've been playing The Last of Us again on the remastered version.
3: Oh, how is it?
4: It's awesome. It's probably one of the best games I've ever played. I mean, not even really. Be- I mean, the upgrade for the next gen is great. I mean, it looks awesome, but the game itself is fantastic. And and I guess being that it's a remaster, it's only 50 bucks rather than 60, and they threw in the DLC, which I haven't finished yet, which makes it like pretty long. Uh, The DLC level. So uh, it's really good. It's just so, you know, you get stealth action, you get survival horror, you get your zombie fix, and, uh, you know, it's got a great story. It's probably one of the only video games that I've gone through the whole story without skipping the movies. You know, I've just never been, like, a video game story guy. Like, just keep pressing X until I can shoot something again. But for this, the story is, like, fantastic. Yeah, so it's really
0: worth it. I saw recently when I guess when they relaunched that, or when they launched that game, uh that they had like an event where they had the voice actors um again Troy Baker. Yeah. Um and they um they acted um you know, they did the the dialogue live while they showed the new cutscenes on on a theater screen. And I that's thought crazy. I thought that was really cool. I mean, I heard that, I haven't played Last of Us but I've heard the story is really intense. So
2: Oh, that's excellent. Yeah.
4: Yeah, that's definitely one. Uh, for anybody that's got, you know, a PS4, you can grab it for 10 bucks less than what all the other games cost, and you're going to get a lot of game out of it, especially with the DLC included, which is really good. I, I guess that's uh, they did it for Tomb Raider as well, but I don't know if there was any Tomb Raider DLC. I think that was just the original game.
2: Not story DLC. I think there was some multiplayer maps and stuff, okay. maybe some weapons. Um at least that I can remember, because I, I have played that, and I don't remember any single-player DLC at all.
4: And supposedly the uh, multiplayer is really good on The Last of Us. I've never touched it. As soon as I finish this remastered version, I'm gonna check out the multiplayer. And they say it's the, it's like scrounging for bullets in a deathmatch uh, yeah. type setting.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I've watched some vid- watched some videos of it, and they were really entertaining. Good
0: stuff. I've been uh, I've been playing a game called Divinity: Original Sin, and it is pretty much the old school uh, like Baldur's Gate, Neverwinter Nights type uh, RPG done with the next gen engine and uh, new um, and kind of like XCOM strategic uh, fights. Um, the graphics are really great. It's like an isometric top down you know view. But the world is huge and the storyline is really great and, um, just really a great, like, throwback to those old school RPGs I used to play when I was a you know, teenager and stuff. Um, and it's, it's, uh, available on Good Old Games for, for a song. I think it was like 10 bucks or something. Um, when I got it on sale. But it's really, really great. If you're into RPGs at all, I definitely recommend it. It's super, super fun.
4: Cool. And I, I mean, what are the, this should be, like I said, a lot of stuff was delayed, but late fall into the Christmas season, what are, what are we looking at for our big tentpole holiday titles right now? Well,
0: you'll probably be looking at Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. Um, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> uh, I do know there's the new Borderlands game coming out for last-gen consoles. For next-gen, of course, there's Destiny. There's um, Witcher 3, which is still coming out this year, as far as I know. Um, and
4: is that consoles, Witcher 3, or is that PC and...
0: It's kind of, it's, ne- it's next stuff. it's next gen consoles. It'll probably come out for PC too. I would imagine that was never yeah.
4: a that was never a console game though, right? It's always been a PC game. No, uh, which Witcher Witcher 2 was, like I think about that.
0: I played it. It was awesome. Gotcha. It's a great great series. Um, really. It
2: it was like a year or two after it came out on PC. Yeah, it was
0: like they called it, it did, like it the extended out. version or whatever, and they have a, like all the DLC and stuff to it.
3: Every time I turn around, it seems like a, another game is getting pushed to 2015. So it almost seems like it's kind of going to be slim pickings this holiday season.
4: Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, for some that there's always Madden and call of duty, um, that will sell ridiculous numbers of copies. And, uh, then I guess around Christmas time, early next year, you'll, you will get evolve and, and some of these, you know, new titles and, and, uh, just for next-gen stuff, probably more this year. That Master Chief
0: Collection is coming out this year. That'll probably be the big Xbox you know, get other than uh, Call of Duty. Yeah. Because am shocked all... we haven't heard. No, I mean, not only will it have all four Halo games in it, it'll have all the multiplayer from all four Halo games in it, and it'll have a unlock for the beta for Halo 5. So.
4: I'm shocked we haven't heard about... Uh a new God of War or a new Gears of War. Or a new Fallout. next generation yet. Yeah. That's what I'm... Yeah. New and Half-Life for. 3. Why don't we just throw in Half-Life
0: 3? Sure. or we While it. we're sure. talking about things that will never get made and we'll never see.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least Gears we know is coming. We don't know when, but but we know it's coming. Uh, it's not going to be epic, but... Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Oh, Alien
4: yeah. in, um, Isolation is... uh Yeah. Sometimes I think it might be next year, also. Then maybe did, maybe they still did sneak that one in in 2014.
3: Yeah, it's not many. I mean, everything. It just it seems like everything's getting put. Po- I mean, Arkham Knight got pushed to 2015.
0: Um, well, I mean, it's the new architecture of the the next gen stuff. Battlefield. I mean, it, I've seen you know I saw this happen when when the next time last time we switched gens too. I mean, they're just you now getting used to the architecture of the the, the, the new boxes. So, you yeah, know, make them run right. Yeah.
3: I mean that battlefield game. What was it? Uh, battlefield, the the urban urban warfare or urban.
0: Oh yeah, the the one that was uh, cops and robbers, pretty much. The um, yeah. yeah, they pushed that back. Yeah, that too. got
3: pushed to 2015, which I think battlefield can't take another hit. Like if they don't launch and that thing be a complete rock star, then EA is in real bad trouble because they're still not really recovered from Battlefield Four, so. It's it's better they push it than launch a turd because they can't they can't afford that again.
0: Yeah, a lot of people were kind of up in arms that they're even thinking about releasing a new Battlefield game without fixing the old one first. So,
3: yeah, yeah.
0: But I mean, for for last gen and next gen, there there definitely be some cool stuff to check out this, this year. And the next year, we have the only game that matters, No Man's Sky. So,
3: hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. The ambitious No Man's Sky.
0: Yeah.
2: Absolutely.
3: Does anybody have anything else? Uh, I
2: finally 100%ed GTA V. Um, I, I just picked it up about a month ago. I haven't been playing it since release and just 100%ing it. But uh, And so I've stumbled into uh, GTA Online, which has been a ton of fun. It actually got me to go out and buy a new mic because my old mic from when I bought the console uh, hadn't worked in a long time. I'm almost up to level 50 online. I think I'm up to... Either 48 or 49, I forget where I was when I jumped off today to record this, but they just had a new update today, um, the flight school update, with a whole bunch of really hard airplane and helicopter missions. I'm about halfway through those. Um, some new vehicles and a lot of cool stuff there. I'm having a ton of fun with that. Once I hooked up with some, some nice people who didn't just want to explode me, <laughs> um, it's been really, really cool.
4: That's cool. I love hearing about games like with life. You know what I mean, like a lifespan.
2: Oh yeah, because
4: they're not cheap. I mean, agreed. It's nice to be able to play, you know, stuff that's like I've been playing Titanfall. You know, pretty much on and off. I wouldn't say nonstop, but I can always pick up Titanfall. You know, and to have that until the next one comes out, or you know, that's great.
0: Yep, that's why I dig the RPGs, man.
1: The only next-gen console I have is the Wii U, and Mario Eight is Mario Kart Eight is great. That's all I can say. I haven't played any other games really recently.
2: <laughs> Neither has anyone else
3: on the Wii U. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm hoping that by the time I actually get around to getting a next-gen console, will be kind of prime because they will be actual game you know games worthy enough to play so i don't i don't foresee me getting one before the beginning of next year but same uh, here no. i'm
1: kind of waiting for that and for the prices to drop just a little bit more
4: i must say uh the systems are really great there just aren't enough games that's you know yeah but like jumping on that ps4 and hitting a button and it's recording my gameplay and i slapped on a PlayStation trailer on the front and the back and I had a YouTube video up in like five minutes. I mean, I don't... There have,
2: know. Been, there have been so many points while playing GTA Online where I was like, oh, I wish I had an Xbox One right now, because if I could record and upload that last 30 seconds that'd be a million hits, or that'd be, you know, whatever. It's just all the cool stuff that happens, and yeah it would be nice to have a, a next-gen console, but like you said, the games aren't there yet and I'm still getting really good games on this console for way cheap since I came into it late, so... I'm
3: fine. Anyone got anything else?
2: Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is still awesome. I saw it a third time in IMAX this time, and I want to see it again.
4: I mean, we could, jeez, we probably shouldn't even mention it, but there's so much Marvel news coming out right now from movies and TV shows and stuff filming and stuff they're talking about doing, and that's a podcast in itself. It is.
2: Somebody should start that podcast.
3: Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Speaking of which, there's there's a lot of DC noises or noise.
0: That's a totally <laughs> different a of, podcast, accurate. dude. DC That's noise, a totally different podcast. Totally different podcast. There's yeah, a lot a of T V coming up though that's DC yes. based. And I think that's what you're getting with too. And uh, yes. we've got a podcast to cover that. Um, the Zero episode will be coming up any day now as soon as we get the new feed. All set for the D C T V podcast. The inaugural uh, episode had myself and Daryl Taylor and Mr. Rich uh, Sheldon, who's on this show, talking, uh, Daryl and I have seen the pilots for The Flash and Constantine, so we talked about those, and uh, we talked about what we want to see in Arrow coming up, and uh, what we hope to see in Gotham, and a lot of the casting news out of San Diego, we went over a lot of that. Uh, it was a good conversation, and kind of getting everybody, uh, you know, everybody set and ready, kind of. Prime you for those new dc uh universe shows that have come out so DC TV podcast should be up by the time this is
3: i hope so
4: if you count arrow what are they going to have like six shows on well,
0: it's going to be arrow six. um, uh, um the flash, flash constantine gotham and i zombie wow so it's five
3: and then preacher at some point allegedly soon right There's been talk of, is it me or they? Have you guys been hearing chatter again for uh, uh, why the last man?
4: I have not. I have not. I
1: haven't noticed. I haven't.
3: Maybe Maybe I'm imagining that. I would love for that to be a reality. Yeah. So lots of a good time. You know, we said it a hundred times, but it's a good time to be a geek lately. Between. All this movie, TV stuff. I just hope some of it sticks around. You know, I hope, um, you know, I just, I, I just hope the networks give it some room to breathe.
0: Well, the 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 um the spoiler filled short version, both the Flash pilot and the Constantine pilot were both very good. So, yeah. But the
4: Constantine pilot has been completely like, well, not completely, but it's been redone a bunch, hasn't it? Didn't they cut a character completely from the leaked version? I
3: think they, were, I think they, replaced, they replaced her. her. Yeah, they replaced her and changed her backstory. So, uh, yeah, so it's it, they're gonna have to retool that quite a bit. Um,
0: the the pilot that I saw was really good. The pilot for yeah. the Flash was excellent. I just I was it was more than I expected to see.
3: the only, The one that worries me is Gotham because Fox has a very low tolerance for anything that isn't like a hit right out of the gate. Right. So um plus you yeah, know the only i mean from
0: what we've seen in that show so far it's and i said this on the podcast too i think it's either gonna be super cool or just a real hot mess you know and i think yeah. if they focus more on the cops and make it more of a procedural show that just happened like more of a gotham central kind of take but i think they're going to be more successful than if they you know go crazy with the you know oh look here's baby penguin and baby Catwoman and
4: and strangely enough, that's all they've shown us.
0: Yes, They've exactly. shown us Gordon
4: Bullock in 18 million baby versions of criminals. And
0: that's why I'm worried. Mm-hmm.
3: Gotham babies.
0: <laughs> DC's Gotham babies. Yeah.
4: All
3: right, so should we wrap up? Do it. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Really BS, our show for August. Hopefully, uh, when September rolls around, we'll have a little more diverse things to talk about other than an hour's worth of TV and a 25 minutes on everything else. Um, but the spring, the fall season will be starting shortly. We've all been busy um,
0: watching, rewatching guardians of the galaxy.
1: What do yeah. you want?
3: That's, that's true. That's I'm true. Grouped. Um, so definitely keep an eye out. Yes, definitely keep an eye out on the H H W L O D network at H H W L O Uh, where you can check out all the cool stuff. Um, you know, we talked about it. It's All Connected is our Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. The DC TV podcast will be going up shortly if it's not already by the time you're hearing this. Um, we've got Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Uh, we've got uh, The Walking Dead TV podcast, which will be kicking up into high gear very shortly uh, as that season kicks up. And with more and more news getting announced, we'll be we'll be gearing back up on it um, as well as uh, it seems like Half Hour Wasted has been on a little bit of a hiatus from its break. Uh, so we've got new episodes of that. Long Box of Doom, Real Heroes, uh, should be should be up as well on Guardians of the Galaxy as soon as I find five minutes to edit it. But yeah, check it all out, all the cool stuff at hhwlod.com. Uh, check out the Facebook page. Uh, you know, just search for HHWLOD Podcast Network and Facebook. Um, we've got groups for that uh, and all the cool stuff going on in the network, so you can keep an eye on there. You can follow us on Twitter at hhwlod underscore network. Um, so until next month everyone have a good one.
1: Today I
2: like I i Is everything all right in here? Yes. Sir.